I'm so thankful for our band. I'm so thankful for all of our teams. And I'm so thankful for all of you uh, making the sacrifice, coming to church, wearing your face masks. And so thank you, thank you for being here. If this is your first time here, or maybe your first time back in a while since we've reopened, I'm so glad you're here. And you could literally be anywhere else, and I know that. Like, you could be at Bob Evans this morning, but you chose to be at church, and so I'm thankful that you chose to be here. And not everybody is here, though. Most of our audience is actually... Right there, you guys see this camera? Right here, right on this post? And so that's our online family, and RJ has sent me a text of some people who have been already watching and commenting during the worship this morning. And so what's up, Thomas Walsh? Uh, hey to Andy and Katrina Bailey from Florida. I love Andy and Katrina. I actually uh, did their wedding for them, and Andy is like such an Eagles fan. He wore a giant like Eagles shirt in his wedding. And I'm not even an Eagles fan, but it was pretty amazing. And so um, can we just show some love and support to our online family right now? Just give it up for them. Woo! So I wanted to start out today um, by, by talking about my past, this past Monday for me. Now, I'm curious, when, when you guys think about Mondays, who here is kind of like, come on, be honest, you're in church. Who gets a little case of the Mondays sometimes? Doesn't matter to you? Okay. <laughs> all right, I, I think you're the first person who I saw raise your hand, all right? And so listen, I, I know Mondays can be a little tough, um, but I have a $5 Starbucks gift card for you, all right? So the only rule with that is you got to use it on a Monday to make your Monday a little bit better. And look, it'll only pay like half of your Frappuccino cost, but it's $5, it'll get you there. <laughs> uh, but, but Mondays, a lot of us think like, oh, when it comes to Mondays, Mondays get a bad rap. But this past Monday was awesome for our family because my wife, Stacy, she took off work on Monday. So I was like, I'm going to take a day. And I took the day off on Monday. And then we surprised our kids and we're like, hey, kids, you don't got to go to daycare. And so we had like a Monday fun day. And we, our family, we just went to the beach. And it was just, it was just our family. And about 723,000 other families social distancing together on the beach. <laughs> but we got to, to go to the beach uh, in the morning and then... We went to Wawa to get subs for lunch. Come on. And there were at least 723,000 other people in that Wawa that we were in. But how many of you know, like, some things are worth risking your life for? And a Wawa sub is on that list. And so we went to the beach in the morning, and then we got our Wawa subs. And then that afternoon, we went to the pool. Our neighbor has a pool. And the only thing better than owning your own pool is having a neighbor who owns their own pool. And so we're having this great day until I went to our mailbox. Now, do you remember like going to the mailbox as a kid and it was like an exciting place to go to? Because like, you know, that CD you had ordered maybe eight weeks before. Sure, do you remember we had to wait six to eight weeks for something to show up in the mail? How do we even live, man? I don't even know. And, and so anyway, we have a different emotion now, though, as adults when we go to the mailbox, don't we? Because what is probably in that mailbox? Bills. Bills you all know about it. And so I'm having the best day. And, and by the way, have you ever, like, gone to the mailbox and got your credit card bill and you, like, weighed it in the driveway? You know, you kind of feel it in your hands. You can tell how bad the credit card bill is but just by the weight of it, right? <laughs> anyway, a little trick to do out your, by your mailbox. You just hold it and you're like, um, anyway. So uh, I was having a great day. We just got back from the pool. I go to the mailbox, and that's when I saw this bill. 
and it's from um, my bank. Y'all got like real nervous when I pull out a bill, all right? But I got this bill. It's from my bank, and uh, it's for this month, this month for our mortgage. And it says that, that for this month, we owe, um, in our payment, $177,581.34. And it's due on August 13th, which is Thursday. So we need the ushers to come forward, and we're going to, like, get the KFC buckets, and I need you all to dig deep. All right, online, dig deep, dig deep. Um, no, keep your head up. All right, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But I got this by the mailbox, and I started doing, do, like, a dance. You ever, like, dance by your mailbox? It's like, like doing the get-up dance by my mailbox. And listen, the church takes really great care of me, but I'm not prepared for surprise $177,581 bills. And so I called the bank right away and I talked to Chris and I said hey Chris we have a little problem I said Chris I got a bill for $177,581 and it's due on Thursday and Chris I'm feeling a little tense I'm feeling a little church tense Chris and Chris said no no hesitation just said Mr. Tice do you not have $177,581 I said no I don't Chris do you have $177,581? And then Chris laughed. I was like, what in the world, Chris? And then Chris said, don't worry, Mr. Tice. It's a mistake. Just send us your normal mortgage amount and just have a good day. I'm like, don't you do that to me, Chris. <laughs> but thank you very much. I'm going to go ahead and apologize to the Lord right now for all my negative thoughts I just had. But my, my, my point is, my really good day. Turn really bad, really fast. Has this ever happened to you before? Where things go from good to bad real fast? Like you get the, the credit card bill after Christmas, the post-Christmas credit card bill. Or the check engine light comes on and you got to ride your bike to church. <laughs> We're going to help you out, Robbie. Um, uh, ushers, can you come forward? We're going to help Robbie and me out. Um, or, or like you go to, to pour your cereal or you poured your cereal and then you go to put milk in your cereal and it's never, never any milk once you pour the cereal, right? And so like when things go from bad, from good to bad real fast and then maybe it's a little more real. Maybe you lose a job or the divorce becomes a reality or you're like you, you lose someone and it's hard to keep your head up when things like that happen, Right? It's hard to keep your head up when you look around and like the economy is struggling and our country is more divided than ever and then you turn on the news. My goodness, can they not run a positive news story every once in a while? Does everything have to be in red all the time? Like warning, we're all, it's over. And it's hard to keep your head up when you look around. And, and have you noticed that like we're living in a strange time right now? Have you noticed this? I've never seen anything like it before. Literally, on, on Tuesday, when I wrote this message, I wrote this message in the middle of a tropical storm with no electricity, and I got five alerts that there are tornadoes coming. And that was the most normal day of my week, okay? Like, it's just everything is so strange right now. And so, like, that is why I want to do this series called Keep Your Head Up. Because it's so hard to stay positive right now. And so I want us to do everything in us to keep our head up. 
I want us to do everything in us to stay positive. I want us to do everything in us to look for the good in the middle of the bad and believe that our God is still on the throne. He is still in control. He is always with us, and he is always going to be with us, and so we can keep our head up. Is anybody feeling that right there? We can keep our head up. So I'm calling this message, Enough of the Bad News. Somebody say, Enough of the Bad News. Come on, say it like you just got a bill for $177,000. Enough of the bad news. All right, online family, type that into the comments. Just stay with us. Enough of the bad news. Um, And my hope today is to help you keep your head up because I want you to walk out today more optimistic than when you walked in today. Now, that word optimistic can freak church people out. Even though, like, the gospel literally means good news, okay? You don't hear the word optimism or optimistic in church very much. It's like a a church cuss word. Because people think that 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 word just means, like, it's like new age, positive thinking, like, bury your head in the sand and deny all reality. Okay, like, no, 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 that is not what I'm talking about at all. I I think you can be optimistic and not deny reality. Like, I am optimistic, and I realize that my baseball team, the Orioles, are a horrible baseball team. And so you don't have to deny reality. And and here's how I define optimism as a Jesus follower. We'll we'll, we'll put this on the screen. This will help us um, guide us today. Optimism is the unshakable belief that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. I am optimistic because I have the unshakable belief that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. And that's not like my definition That's the Bible's definition. That's a guy named Paul's definition who has all sorts of bad news coming at him in his life. But he wrote this, and this will be our core verse for today. It's Romans 8, 28. And maybe you've heard it before. And it says this. And we know that, help me out, church. In all things. things, Help me out over here. In In all things. We know that in all things, God works for the good. For the good. For the good of those who love him. Now, in all things, does that mean when we get surprised $177,581 bills? Yes. Yes. Does that mean when we get surprised to find out we are going to be our kid's homeschool teacher again this school year? Lord, help me. Yes. Does it mean when the economy is struggling and we're in the middle of a pandemic, does that that include all things? Yes. Yes. And so just say in all things. In all things. And so listen, I am optimistic. Because I have the unshakable belief that a loving God is working in every situation for our future good. Because Paul and the Bible tells us this very thing. And so I just want to give you two ideas today for how you can stay positive in all the bad. How you can keep your head up in all the bad. And so the first one, if you're taking notes, is this. That the thoughts you think drive the life you live. The thoughts you think drive the life you live. Now, I've noticed... That there are uh, beach people and there are pool people. And it's, it's an easy way to tell the difference, okay? If you're a beach person, you're normal. No, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> don't want to upset the pool crowd, okay? Um, who's a beach person? You're like, if you had to choose, you're a beach person, beach people? Oh, most everybody. Now, you all know that you're like one bad seagull incident away from becoming a pool person, right? Anybody have a seagull incident before? Yeah, okay. I won't share mine with you because you all haven't had lunch and you don't need to visualize it. But anyway, um, pool people. Who likes the pool noodle? Pool noodle people? Okay, I, I see you. 
All right, now it's easy to tell when um, pool people accidentally find their way to the beach. Because you guys are the ones that when you see like a pot of dolphins, you're the ones that are like, shark! <laughs> I love pool people. I'm starting to become a pool person, actually, because I have children. And the amount of sand that my kids put in my car after every single time we go to the beach, it's a wonder that there's any sand on the beach at all. And so, like, we, we started to go to the pool a lot this summer because our neighbor has a pool. Our neighbor has, like, um, one of those 80s-type pools that has, like, a sliding board and a, and a, a, sliding, a slide and a diving board. You, remember, you know those pools? Back in the 80s when, like, insurance companies still let us have fun things, we, could, we had those things. And so, like, we love going to the pool. And uh, so in June, we're at the pool. My, my kids are, um, Nora's six, and my, uh, my son, Nixon, is just turned five. And they're great swimmers. They've been swimming forever. And we were there in June, and they accidentally dropped their dive ring into the deep end of the pool, which is eight foot deep. And so they come right over to me, all dripping wet, and, and they're like, Daddy, can you get in the deep end and get our dive ring? And I was like, I'm not, I'm not warmed up yet. Parents, you, you ever use that line? I'm like a lizard at the pool. I'm like, I got to warm up, kids. All right, just got, I'm cold. I got to warm up. And so I was like, I can't, I can't go in the pool right now. But I said, can't you go and dive to the bottom and get it? And they're like, no, no, dad, we, we can't. We, we can't do that. And I went like all inspirational dad on them in this moment. I was like, if you believe it, you can achieve it. <laughs> you, you can do it. And they're like, no, we can't. I'm like, no, you think you can't go to the bottom of the pool. Uh, I'm like, you can, okay, you, you can. I really was doing a lot of work just to not get in the pool. But I finally convinced my kids that they could dive to the bottom of the deep end of the pool. And guess who went to the bottom of the deep end of the pool and got their dive rings? Not me, my kids. They got to the bottom, and now they think they can go to the deep end of the pool, and they do it every single time. And I videotaped it this week because I, I, you all are looking at me like, that's not true. He is telling a preacher story. I'm going to show you a video. You want to see a video? Yeah. All right, let's roll this video. So can you guys touch the bottom? Yeah. You think you can at the same time? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to count to three, and you go touch the bottom. Are you ready, Nora? Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. Go. Did you do it? Did you touch it? Yeah. Nixon, did you touch? Yeah. <laughs> Was I first? I'm having a little proud dad moment right there. You see, you saw you're all diving. Yeah, it's good. But my point in that video is this. When they didn't think they could do it, they couldn't do it. When I convinced them to think that they could do it, they did it. Do you know what um, Henry Ford said? Henry Ford said, we'll put this on the screen. He said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Why? Because the thoughts you think drives the life you live. And so can you all do me a favor? Can you all do me a favor? I want you to think about what you think about. When it comes to like your life, think about what you, you think about. When it comes to the way you think about yourself, when it comes to how you think or what you think you can do, when it comes to like how you think about the way you look, think about what you think about. Think about what you think about when, when you think about um, our, our country and, and the economy and this pandemic. Think about what you think about. And if your thoughts are full of worry and stress and fear, then what do you think your life is going to be full of? Worry and stress and fear. Why? 
Because what consumes your mind, what consumes my mind, what consumes our mind controls our life. The thoughts you think drives the life you live, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Now, some of you are like, oh, I don't know if I believe that. That's not in the Bible. Can I show you what's in the Bible? Proverbs 23, 7 says this. For as he or she thinks in his heart, help me out left side. So is he. All right. I know you guys, in your mind, you're on the left side, but to me, you're the, you're the right side. Okay. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And so, when you're full of worry and stress and fear, where does that come from? Your mind. Why? Because the thoughts you think drive the life you live. And so, if you woke up this morning... And you thought, oh, no, the world is falling apart, and I'm never going to lose this pandemic 15. And we're going to have to wear face masks forever. And my kids are going to need me all day today because my kids need me all day every day. Then you're not probably going to have a very good day, right? Because what consumes your mind controls your life. And so what, what, what do you do? You got you to take the power back. As Rage Against the Machine so eloquently put it. Okay, take the power back. Which means you got to control your mind. So instead of thinking like, oh, no, this, the world is falling apart. What if you thought, yeah, we're in a big mess right now, but that's the perfect setup for God to do a big miracle. What if instead of thinking like, oh, I'm never going to lose this pandemic 15. What if you said, I'm going to take the power back and I'm going to take those ho-hos back and I'm going to get myself in shape today. What if instead of thinking like, oh, we're going to have to wear face masks forever. What, what if you thought, if the biggest thing I have to complain about is wearing a face mask, I'm living a pretty good life. Right? Well, what if instead of thinking like, oh, my kids are going to say daddy 77 times today. What if you thought, there's going to come a day when my kids are grown and gone and they're not going to need me. Woo. But when that day comes, what you're going to want is your kids to need you. Right? And so I'm going to be thankful every single time my kids need me today. Come on, what consumes your mind controls your life. And if you want to up the quality of your life, you've got to up the quality of your thoughts. Keep your head up means in all things God is working for the good of those who love him. It means for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And so just a quick question. Are your thoughts making your life better or making your life worse? Are your thoughts making your life better or making your life worse? And if they're making your life worse, if that's your answer, take the power back. Everybody say, take the power back. Kind of feels empowering, right? And that's biblical. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The thoughts you think drives the life you live. Here, here's my second thought for how um, we stay positive and keep our head up in the middle of all the negative. It's, it's this, if you're taking notes. It's to starve the negative and feed your faith. Starve the negative and feed your faith. So uh, I, we have a picture that we're going to throw on the screen of our team, our staff right now. Don't you love this, this team, these people? I'm not talking about myself, these other people. I love these guys. And, um, and we, by the way, we all like, are wearing the same clothes if you look at us as in this picture because we literally took this picture like 10 minutes before the service, Okay. <laughs> But Bo is uh, our, our original staff person right here, our worship leader, and uh, Bo is also a Ravens fan. Yep. I feel like we should point out when people are making good choices with their life. So he's a Ravens fan. Uh, Cotter is our Next Steps director, and uh, Cotter is an Eagles fan. Yeah! 
So he, he just has a little bit of sin in his life, just a little bit. Um, then we have Kristen, our base, your, um, Babies and Kids director, and then RJ, our newest um, uh, team member. He's our media director, and both of them are Steelers fans, so lots of sin in their life, lots of sin. <laughs> anyway, I love, I love our team, and, and me and Bo, we were the first people on this team, and uh, we, we were the young dogs at the time, and, and now we are the old guys on the team. We're both 37, and everybody else in this picture, they're in their 20s, except for RJ. I don't, are you even in your 20s yet, RJ? He's 20. It's 20, okay? So, like, so they help keep me up to date with what's trending, okay? Like, for instance, Cotter was the one who told me about TikTok, and I still don't even know what TikTok is, but there's something called TikTok. Cotter told me about it. He also told me about the word bougie, like that means something's good, bougie. I don't know. And Cotter also told me, uh, our whole team, about this show he's been watching on the History Channel called Alone. Anybody seen this show Alone? All right, this show is amazing. And just most of you have not seen it. So the premise of the show is they get like 10 uh, survival-type people, contestants, and they, they separate them, and they give them like small little survival items, like a little, little knife or like a little, like, fishing line or something, just a fishing line, and then they drop them off in complete remote areas like the Arctic Circle where there's wild bears. And the way you win is you have to be the one who doesn't tap out the longest and you survive alone the longest. Like what could possibly go wrong? Wild bears could go wrong, right? And this show is amazing, all right? These people, they have to build their own shelters. They have to, like, create homemade traps to get their food. And, like, the last episode or season we watched, the guy lasted over 80 days alone by himself surviving on his own. I would last, like, maybe 80 minutes. At, like, minute 32, I'd be like, I'm hungry. I'm tapping out. Bring Bob Evans, okay? Just come on. But 80 days. And so the last season we watched was season three where these guys were in Patagonia and uh, there was a guy on the show named Dave Nessia and we have a picture of Dave. All right, this is Dave and Dave, this guy was a beast. I mean, he, he would catch all these trout or fish out of this Patagonia lake and, and all he had was this line that he would hand line fish with and he made a lure out of like the bone of a rabbit and he caught all these fish, t- tons of fish. And by day 60, he had two months worth of fish saved. And the way he would save is every time he would catch a fish, he would go to his homemade hut and he would, he would use his fire to, to smoke the, the fish and that would preserve the fish, it preserves the fish for like 60 days. So you can eat it 60 days later and it's still not going to like be harmful or, or make you sick. And so he had, at day 60, he had two months worth of fish, but he wouldn't eat it. He was trying to save it so he could win, like, this, this show. And I'm like a TV yeller because I'm a man. That's what men do. And so I'd be watching the show. I'm like, I'd be like, yelling. I'm like, Dave, eat the fish. Like, Dave, get yourself a filet of fish. You, you got a Golden Corral buffet worth of fish. Get, get, get yourself fish, man. Dave would not eat any fish. And by day, 20, day 60, he was on, like, he was 120 pounds. He was literally like starving and they would, they come and do these medical checks and uh, they ended up pulling him because his organs started to fail because he was like literally starving and he's fine. All right. He, he, this is like, he looks like better now than he did before, but 
My point is like, Dave had all these fish. He had fish for days. He, it was raining fish in his tent and he wouldn't eat it. And my point is this, like when it, when it comes to our life, we have a choice what we consume. We have a choice what we eat and what we don't eat. And I'm not talking about food. I know I've talked about food like all morning long. You all hungry right now? Sorry, but this isn't about food, okay? But we have a choice what we eat and what we don't eat. And so, um, I mean, when there's, there's bad news in abundance, when there's bad news for days, like there's, 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 there was fish for days for Dave Nessia, when there's bad news for days, we, we can either eat that, we can consume the bad news, or you can starve the negative and you can feed your faith. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but what you feed grows and what you starve dies, and what I mean by that is if, if you have bad news and you just feed the bad news and your thoughts, then that bad news is going to grow or die. Grow. There you go. But if you have bad news and you starve the negative and you feed your faith, then your faith is going to grow, which is going to help you get through those bad times. And so what, what are you doing? You're starving the negative and you're feeding your faith. And so what if, what if every time... You got hungry. We got hungry for stuff. What, what if every time you got hungry for that 24-7 news cycle? Come on now. What if every time you got hungry to look at some negative Facebook comments? Do you have to look very far for those? No. What if every time you got hungry to just like feed your own negative thoughts? What if you fed your faith instead? Do you know what happened? Your faith would grow. And it would help you get through those bad times because what you feed grows and what you starve dies. And so here's, here's what I'm trying to do in my life. Every time I think something bad, I'm trying to force myself to thank God for something good. Let, let me say that again. Every time I think something bad, I'm trying to force myself to thank God for something good. And, and so like, for instance, when I went to the refrigerator to get milk the other day for my milk, and there was no milk because there never is after you poured your cereal, right? And, and my first thought was not good, but my second thought was, God, thank you that even though my kids drank all the milk, I have a house full of food, and I have all these other options of things I can have. When, when my kids run their bikes into every single car door on my car, and there's literally a dent in all four doors, you guys, I'm forcing myself to say, God, thank you that I even own a car because 90% of the world doesn't even have a car. When I was at a funeral this past week and I wanted to think, like, God, why didn't you heal Sean? What I told myself is, God, thank you that you did heal Sean. And yet now you have him in his heavenly body. And he is with you right now in this very moment having a party. And every time I think something bad, I'm forcing myself to thank God for something good. What am I doing? I'm starving the negative and I'm feeding my faith. And what you feed grows and what you starve dies. And so um, when you starve the negative, what you're doing is you're flipping it and you're turning it into something good. You think something bad, you flip it and thank God for something good. Can, can I give you an example of how someone did this in our church? You all with me? Okay, here's an example. Um, there, there's this guy who comes here, I won't, won't say his name, but uh, he wrote me an email about a month ago and he had just lost his job. And he lost his job because of th this pandemic. And uh, his employer said, we're, we're really sorry to have to let you go. But when we have side work, we're going to hire you as an independent contractor. But we can't bring you on as an employee. But we will hire you back as an independent contractor when we can. And he wrote me the day after he lost his job. And he said, at, at first, I thought this was a bad thing. 
But then he said, but now I'm like, God, how awesome is this? I get to work for myself now. And he said, because I have a non-compete clause, I get to work for my old company when they need me, and I can work for anybody else. And this never would have happened unless God allowed this to happen. And he was pumped about it. And what did he do? He flipped it, right? Instead of thinking something bad, he flipped it and he thanked God for something good. When you, when you starve the negative and you feed your faith, your faith grows and the negative starts to die in your life. In, in your life. And so let me, let me ask you this. What area of your life are you having negative thoughts right now? And how can you flip it? How can you flip it? How can you go from thinking something bad to thanking God for something good? And, and you might say, I, I, I can't do that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not strong enough. To do that. Well, here, here's the bad news. You want the bad news first? I'm going to tell you the bad news first because that's how I wrote in my notes, okay? So the bad news first is that you're right. You're, you're not strong enough to flip it. But thank God that you are not on your own. Do you know what the, the two verses before our main verse says in Romans 8.26? Romans 8.26 says this. We'll put it on the screen. It says, in the same way, the Spirit, come on, helps us in our weakness. In our weakness, that's when God's power is made perfect. The the same power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in every single Jesus follower. And so, no, you you, you can't on your own, but thank God you're not on your own. Thank God that he has a nickname, and his nickname is Emmanuel, which means God with us, which means if you're anxious right now, he is your peace. If you're confused right now, he is your God. If you are discouraged right now, God is your encouragement. If you're hurting right now, he is your comfort. If you're uh, weak right now, he is your strength. So keep your head up. Starve the negative and feed your faith. Because, because in all things, in all things, in all things, our God is working for the good of those who love him. In all things. And you never know. When God is going to take the bad news in your life and turn it into something good. I, I told you all about um, my appliances a few weeks ago. Who was here for the appliance story? You remember the appliance story? You guys want an appliance update? Yeah. Okay, if you weren't here, a lot of you want to hear the rest of it. Okay, if you weren't here, here's just kind of the, the quick backstory. Uh, me and my wife are building a house right now. And, um, and we've been having trouble getting our appliances. And we ordered our appliances on May 21st from Best Buy, and there right now is there, there's an appliance pandemic. There's an appliance shortage, Mr. Tice. That's what they keep telling me. And so they keep moving our date, like rescheduling it further and further into the future, and we can't move into our house until we have appliances. And so I, I told a story about it a few weeks ago because I was talking about attitude, and I was feeling a little salty. And so here's the update. Right after I got done with that service, I, uh, I walked off the stage, and one of our, our volunteers met me it was right over that area. And he was talking to me. He said, hey, Joel, I'm going to help you get those appliances. I was like, Lord, is that you? Because I am all ears. And, and then he said, Here, here's what we're going to do. He said, I want you to contact the CEO of Best Buy about your appliances. I was like, okay. <laughs> and my first thought was, like, I don't really think that's going to happen because, honestly, I had to wait on hold for two hours to talk to customer service rep Karen, and she's not even all that helpful. I don't really know how we get a hold of the CEO. And he said, he said, don't worry about it. I will find their contact information, and I will draft the letter for you. All you got to do is send it. 
I was like, is this a trick? Because I feel like the Lord is in this again. I'm back on board with this whole idea. And so, true story. All right, by the way, the last correspondence I had with, with Best Buy before this was that our appliances had been moved um, to, to be delivered the middle of September. So, true story. I emailed the CEO about our appliances, the CEO of Best Buy about our appliances. And three days later, I had a call from the regional manager of Best Buy. I had a call from the appliance manager of Best Buy. I had a call from the uh, manager of the Best Buy store in Salisbury. And in that window of time, I missed a phone call from California. And I can't prove it was a CEO, but I'm going to tell you it was a CEO because it makes the story sound better. (laughs) And our appliances that were scheduled for the middle of September showed up at our house on Thursday. Six out of seven appliances showed up on Thursday. We got $1,000 off, and they, which is going to help towards this $177,000 bill. <laughs> and, and they upgraded our wa- washing machine, our dryer, and our refrigerator. And my point is, shop at Best Buy, people. <laughs> this part of the message has been brought to you by my good friends at Best Buy. Um, they have sponsored this. <laughs> But my my point is, like, you never know when God is going to take bad news and turn it into good news. And I could, like, cry telling you all that story, not because of that story, but because as a pattern in my life, God doesn't always do things in my time. But if I give him time, he comes through every time. As a pattern in my life, God doesn't always do things in my time or in my way. But if I just give him time, he comes through every time. Why? Because we know that in all things... In all things, when your appliances are lost, in all things, when the news is bad, in all things, when life isn't good, in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him. He is that good. God is that involved in our life. That's because our God is like the crumb getter. Do you guys know there's a crumb getter? You want want to hear about the crumb getter? This is my final story, you guys. Okay, so um, when me and my wife Stacey first got married, we we were broke. I tell that all the time. We, we were so broke, we couldn't afford to go to KFC and lick other people's fingers. We had no money. I always tell that, that just because I like to see you all like imagine it in your head and just get grossed out. So it's going to keep coming for years. Um, but we didn't have any money. I think our five-year anniversary, I think we went out to Applebee's for our, our like anniversary dinner. And there's nothing wrong with Applebee's. I am all about the neighborhood grill. All right? I, the Oriental chicken salad is money. It was just too much money for us for the first five years of our marriage, okay? But we got on the Dave Ramsey plan, everything like that really helped us and turn things around. And so back in 2018, we decided to splurge. We're in a better position and we decided to splurge. And we went to a vacation with a bunch of our friends to an all-inclusive resort in Mexico. And it was like one of these fancy places. And so one night we all booked a dinner at um, this place called La Brasserie, the French restaurant. Does that sound fancy? La Brasserie, does that sound fancy? It is fancy. It is fancier than the neighborhood grill, you guys. It is fancy. And, um, and it's one of those places that had curtains all around in the restaurant. The food is heavenly. They're, they give you three spoons. And I don't know what you do with all three of them, but you got three spoons, okay? And it, it was great because our, our server, his name was Fernando. And Fernando was fantastic because if you wanted a, a, like a lobster tail, Fernando's got you. You want three lobster tails? Fernando's got you. You want a filet with a side of 
filet. Fernando's got you, man. It, the place was incredible. And so, like, we're, like, living it up. And, and then, then Fernando brought me this, like, fancy bread basket. Like, a French, like French bread basket. Like, croissants and whatever. I don't even know what this stuff is. I'm trying to act like I know how to act in a place like this. You, you ever been in a place like that? It's like, yeah, I know what's going on. What's, anyway, I had no idea what's going on. I got these croissants. And the moment I got those croissants, I was like, that's all out the window. I'm going to eat like I'm from Sussex County because... I'm from Sussex County. And so, like, I just got into the croissant basket, and, like, I'm just eating this croissant, and, and bread mess is going everywhere, which you're not supposed to do in a fancy restaurant, okay? But bread mess is going everywhere. And, and that's the moment that I realized that Fernando had an assistant, and I didn't know about this. And Fernando's assistant was, like, hiding in the curtains or something. And the moment I made a mess in front of me, Fernando's assistant popped out from the curtains, wearing like all black and he came right over to the table and had this like straight edge thingy and and where that had that bread mess in front of me he started like scooping up the bread mess and he had like perfect form he's like he completely cleans up the area and then he backs away and goes back by the curtains it's like the most amazing thing i've ever seen and so i was like i want to see that again So I took my croissant and I just started to crush it a little bit. <laughs> and guess who popped out from behind the curtains? Fernando's assistant. He's like, whoo, and he comes out. He's got all black on and he comes over, perfect form, gets every single bit of it, and then he just goes right back to the curtains. It was amazing. And I, I think that's the perfect visual for our invisible God. Now hang with me. I know you're like, how do we go here? Okay, anyway. But we don't always see him, but he's always there. When we need help, he's right there in the middle of our mess. And when, when like, he's working behind the scenes, we don't see it, but he is making what the enemy meant for bad, and he's turning it into good. And we don't always see God, but he's always there. He never leaves us. He always sees us, and he is that good. He's that involved in our life, and he is there. And so you can keep your head up. And I know there's a lot of bad news around us right now. And you might think, well, you know, there's all this bad news around us. Maybe I should just lower my expectations. Because if I lower my expectations, then like when things are bad, then I won't be so disappointed. I don't think you should do that. I think as a Jesus follower, you should raise your expectations. I've, I've heard so many people say, I just want things to go back the way they were before the pandemic. I want things to go back the way they were like when they were normal. You know what? We were all complaining about our lives when things were normal, Right? I don't want things to go back to normal. I have more faith in that. I want things to be better than normal. I'm believing for a better future. I'm believing for our church to be bigger after the pandemic than it was before the pandemic. I'm believing for our country to be more together after this. I'm hoping and believing for our country to have less hate, less racism, and more togetherness in it. And I'm believing for better marriages for our church. I'm believing for better relationships with your kids. For you all, I'm believing for more joy, better jobs. I'm believing for those things. Why? Because in all things, in all things, in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him. And if you want that for your life, just say, keep your head up. Come on, say it like you mean it, church. Keep your head up. So enough of the bad news. I'm optimistic because I have an unshakable belief that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good, for my future good, and for your future good. And so you can be optimistic.
Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I'm so thankful that even in a time where everything is pushing our head down, everything around us seems negative, everything around us seems bad, I'm so thankful for verses like Romans 8.28 that says that we know, we know, we know that in all things you're working for the good of those who love him. And so God, I just pray that we will get that deep into us, that when everything around us just looks so negative, we know that that negative is something you're going to turn into something positive. And we can't see it. You're like behind the curtains, like that assistant. I remember in that restaurant, you're behind the curtains, but you pop out and you come at just the right time and you do exactly what you planned on doing the entire time to make things just the way you see it. And God, I just pray that we'll trust you. Our faith will be be bigger. Our head will be higher because we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.